John chapter 6, if you found your place and you're willing and able to, let's stand together as we read the Word of God. John chapter 6, we're going to begin in verse number 60 and read down to verse number 71. Page 60, I'm on page 1492. Um, this morning in our Rock of Ages study Bible. And uh, John chapter 6, verse number 60. Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is an hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Does this offend you? What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascending up where he was before... It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said, un said I unto you, that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father." From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. I believe that's one of the saddest verses in the Bible. Verse 67, Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Back in verse number 60, the disciples there that were with him said, and this is the end of the verse, This is an hard saying. Who can hear it? And I want to preach for a few moments this morning on this subject matter on staying, or it's worth staying when it's hard. Worth staying when it's hard. And this is speaking of Christ here. We'll get into the scriptures. Let's have a word of prayer, then you can be seated. Father, we love you. Thank you for the word of God. Lord, thank you for the example that you give to us here. But Lord, there's those in this passage of scripture that they turned away and walked away from the Lord and did not follow Him anymore. And Lord, I pray that we would take that as an example and a lesson in our lives, Lord, to remain and stay faithful to the Word of God and to the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that You'd help us today, teach us something. May the Holy Spirit of God speak to our hearts now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. I've been reminded as I have been in this passage of Scripture that the, the message of Jesus is one of the easiest messages to be able to tell others. But it turns out to be one of the hardest messages to be able to live out for the remainder of our lives. It's simple and it's easy to be able to speak with someone and tell them about how much Jesus loves them and how much Jesus cares for them and all that Jesus has done for us. But then the commitment that comes with following the Lord Jesus Christ. In a world where the message of Jesus is watered down, there's a desire to make Jesus and the message of Jesus 
just like every one of us. And may I remind us that yes, Jesus was 100% man, but at the same time, 100% God. That he hungered and thirsted just like every one of us do. He was tired just like every one of us get. And I've thought on this, if you say, well, I never get tired, then I would say, what all are you doing? And so Jesus got tired. He said when someone wanted to come and follow him, he said, listen, the, the, the birds of the air have their nests. The foxes have their holes. He said, but son of man has no place to lay his head. But we try to make Jesus just as human as the rest of us are, and we need to be careful on that. Jesus was the, the God-man. The Bible says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That Yes, I believe that there was something supernatural and special about the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a desire to make Him like every one of us. The true dedication of the Lord is not the, the message that the world desires to hear most of the time. But may I say that according to the scriptures, that it's not supposed to be Christianity on our terms. Can I say that again? Whether there's permission or not, I'm going to. It's not supposed to be Christianity based on our terms. This is how I want to serve the Lord. This is how my desire is going to be. I want to remind us that it is God's heaven. It is God's way to get there. And then if he has purchased each and every one of us that today are a child of God, then he does have the right for us to live according to the word of God. Now, we notice here in this passage of Scripture that there was an entire group of disciples or followers of Christ that turned away, and the Bible says this in verse number 66, walked no more with him. Isn't it interesting, and you can just chew on this a little bit, that it's that verse that they decided to turn around and not walk anymore with him, and it's John six sixty-six. Just interesting verse right there, okay? And uh, now let me say this. When John was writing, he didn't divide it out into chapters and verses when John was writing, okay? But it is interesting when you read down through here and the context of scriptures that's there. May I remind us that by the end of the life of the Lord Jesus that he was down to a group of 12. And as the Bible says here in verse number 71, excuse me, verse number 70, that of those 12, even one of them betrayed him, Judas Iscariot. But then at the trial and the accusations of Christ, at the end of his life, listen, he was down to just two that were standing close by. It was John and it was Peter. And we remember during that time is when Peter denied the Lord Jesus Christ three times. And so by the end of the life of the Lord Jesus, there is one that is standing at the foot of the cross, one of these 12 that's standing there, and it was John the Beloved. May I remind us that not many things have changed today. Multitudes, we'll see it here in the Scripture, multitudes follow to see what they can get from Jesus. 
But where are the multitudes that desire to see what they can give to Jesus? That my life belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us in the context of Scripture here, if we were to take the time, and you're probably thankful that I didn't, of all 71 verses, to be able to read the context of John chapter number 6. But Jesus tells us as we look back through here, and I just want to share a few things about this worth staying when it's hard that we see the context of Scripture here. And I want to remind us of a few principles, first of all, this morning, that our dedication will determine the length of time or our duration of our stay in following the Lord. Dedication determines duration. You say, what do you mean? Well, back in verses 26 and 27, I want us to see this here because I believe that we live in a religious society today that is fulfilling these couple verses here. Verse 26, Jesus answered them and said, verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Now, first of all, here's a group of people that are following and seeking after the Lord Jesus Christ, not because of who he is and what he's done in their life and the power that he showed to them on on a daily basis, but they're following him simply because their bellies were filled. And you say, well, that's not why I'm following the Lord. That's not why, listen, if we're not careful, every one of us can fall into the spiritual condition that we are going after the Lord to be able to see what God is able to do for us. You say, what do you mean? Well, how many of us, and we say this over and over, you'll hear it said over and over again that the Lord Jesus Christ and God in heaven is not to be used in our lives as just a spare tire. He's not to be used as just a fire extinguisher. He's not to be used as just 911 that we get into trouble and we say, well, God, what can you do for me to be able to deliver me out of this? You just heard a message out of the book of Daniel on Thursday night about standing strong and dealing with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but they made the statement, and listen, it's our memory verse for this week. Let's memorize our verse. I've already been told, you can tell Brother Peter gave the memory verse this week because it's two lines on there instead of one, like what I usually give. But listen, it's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saying, our God is able to deliver us and will deliver Deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But verse number 18 in Daniel chapter number 3 starts off with the three words, but if not. But if not. And we understand, listen, society, and may I specifically say, the religious crowd, those, the the multitudes that were gathered around the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe would be very similar to the multitudes that may gather together today. And they stand there and they hear what's being called today a prosperity gospel. In other words, you give your life over to the Lord, listen, and he's just going to flood you with blessings. Now on the surface, I say amen to that and I agree with it. 
because the blessings that God has abundantly blessed me with are more than I can describe, more than I can explain. But listen, it's not just in wealth and prosperity. It's not that miraculously I give my heart and life over to the Lord and the next day there's a million dollars added to my bank account. Wouldn't that be a blessing? It's not how it happens. But I will say that the Lord Jesus Christ gives us a whole lot more of the things that money can't buy. And we understand that that life is not just a bed of roses, but my determination, my dedication to the Lord is going to determine my length of following him. And here's a group, a multitude of people that they were there to be able to get what they could and they were physically satisfied. But may I remind us that the context of Scripture here, beginning there, actually back in verse number 22, all the way down to verse number 59, the context of Scripture is dealing with true and complete identification with Christ. In fact, this is where he's making the statement that if you don't eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, now let me remind us, in some religions have taken that and said, well, that's what the sacraments are, is as you partake of that, that wafer and that bread, that actually becomes the body of Christ. And when you drink of that juice, that that sacrament, it becomes the blood of Christ. May I say that's not what Jesus is teaching in John chapter number six, because that would actually be contrary to the entire Old Testament law that he came here to fulfill, that they were not supposed to be drinking the blood, okay? And so we understand looking through here, but the context of scripture that Jesus is dealing with here is, listen, you're not supposed to just be following for what you can get from me, that you are physically satisfied. But may I remind us that true Christianity, according to the scriptures, is complete identification with Christ. That's why I believe in Acts chapter number 11, you have the first time that the term Christian is actually used. And it was not used by the church at Antioch that was describing themselves, but it was actually the society that was around them that they looked at those believers and they said, and they called them Christians. In other words, they were representing Christ. They looked like Christ. They acted like Christ. And what Christ is saying here in John chapter number six, listen, this is a hard saying because people today and 2,000 years ago, listen, they may not want to hear the message that if you take the name of Christ and identify as a Christian, then listen, you're supposed to identify with Christ. But we live in a society today, and you know this as well as I do, because I find myself that there's times in my life that I'll slide back into this and I'll say, well, I want Christianity on my terms. When the Bible is saying, no, it's a hard saying, but you need to understand this. It's Christianity on God's terms. 
and identifying with Christ. In fact, as he mentions it here and in the context, he's dealing with the partaking of his sufferings and his life as he was here. Remember our memory verse a few weeks back, and we'll get back into Philippians uh, starting in chapter number four this coming Thursday. But remember our memory verse, as the apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter number three and verse number 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. And what the Lord is saying here, listen, there's some of you that have turned back according to John chapter number six because their identity was not going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. It was going to be with what the Lord Jesus Christ could provide for them and satisfy them physically. I don't know if you found out, but it's not the most popular thing to say across our nation and especially in some places of the world today to stand up and say, I'm a believer and a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's some places you stand up and say that and by sundown, it may cost you your life. By sundown, it may cost you your job. It may cost you your possessions. It may cost you being ostracized from your family. I'm thankful we still live in a free nation today. That not everybody may agree with it, but I still have the liberty to be able to say, you know something, I believe Jesus. I had no problem whatsoever as I was on every airplane and wearing my jacket that said Granite State Baptist Church and pastor. No problem whatsoever. You say, aren't you worried about people coming up and persecuting? No, not here in America. They may say, hey, I don't agree with that, but that's not really persecution, is it? They have the right to believe what they desire to believe. But as we look into the scriptures, listen, staying with Jesus is worth it. Even when it's a hard saying, we say, Lord, you really require that and desire that in my life. I believe he does. It's moving beyond physical satisfaction to true commitment to Christ. Let me ask you something. We come to church on a Sunday morning, maybe even stay around for the 12 o'clock service and I will be preaching something different in the 12 o'clock service. We started the Ten Commandments last week, and so I'm on commandment number two that uh, we'll be preaching from this afternoon. But you say, well, I come to church and I'm here, but let me ask you something. Are, Are we truly coming together to be able to fulfill the commands of the Lord, or are we coming just to be able to check off a religious duty box? that we have to be able to make our our flesh feel good, that we're following the Lord in a certain area and, and we're following after Him. No, it's our dedication to Him. But then let me say this, worth staying when it's hard, as I looked in this context of Scripture, as we look down around verse number 58, I want us to understand that if we're going to stay and it's worth staying when the message from Christ gets hard, and even in this world, we're going to have to be living in view of eternity, and not just today or tomorrow, but living in view of eternity. You say, what do you mean? Look at verse number 58 with me. As, As Jesus is speaking of himself, he says, this is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. I don't think Jesus could put it any plainer than that. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. 
And I look down through and you say, what's that bread that he's speaking of there? He has said previously in this chapter of scripture that Jesus is the bread of life. And when he's speaking to these disciples that are here, these ones that are preparing to turn away and to walk away and not follow the Lord anymore, what Jesus is trying to teach them, you are more focused on the things that are here on this earth, the temporal things, and eating this bread. But listen, your fathers ate of that manna, that bread that was in the wilderness, and how Jesus put it, they're dead. It's not the temporal things, the things that are going to pass away. It's not those things that's going to bring satisfaction. But can I remind us it is keeping our eyes focused on the view of eternity. You ever thought about what we'll be enjoying? Now, I believe this according to the Bible. What we'll be enjoying 100 years from now? Now, 100 years from now, can I say this? I'm not going to be concerned that there was a snowstorm and we lost three, four parking spots out here in the parking lot. And I'm wondering, is everybody okay parking next door? And then it froze afterwards. And I've been worried all day about people stepping over some of that snow that's in between the driveways right here and just consuming my mind. Can I say a hundred years from now? Not going to be worried about that a bit. In fact, in about three days, I probably won't be worried about that out there because it's going to be mid to high 40s, so I'm not worried about it anymore. But I thought, you know, how much time do we get consumed? And I'm not talking about we ought not to prepare for the future, but we get so consumed with the things that are just temporal here on this earth when what the Lord is saying, listen, set your affection on things above. And Jesus is saying, you're more concerned about the bread that you're eating here on this earth instead of your identification and your relationship with Christ that you're going to be with forever. And I thought, you know, if, if we'd focus more on, on Jesus, we might focus less on politics here on this earth. I'm not going to ask how many hours you spent watching the news this week because that's just the number of hours you spent getting frustrated and getting upset. I hope you don't throw something at the television. That just costs too much, okay? (laughs) But getting frustrated, there is a power button, by the way. You know what it was said this week? Man, we, we were working. We didn't take a whole lot of breaks. In fact, a few times the men and ladies had to come by and tell us back there in the print shop, you know, it's okay to take a break and go get a drink of water and be able to get a snack. It's okay to go take a break. They said I was, I was, I was a beating them with a whip this week and driving them and carrying on. But I don't think that's how it was. They said, it's okay to take a break. It's okay. But here's what was said one time. He said, you know, we're not sitting here on our phones and watching the news. And they said, boy, it's just been good to be disconnected from everything for a few days. The signal wasn't the best. The cell phone signal back in a, in a big metal building. And so the signal wasn't the best. So the news alerts aren't coming through. Kind of disconnected from everything. And I thought, what a blessing it is. And I thought, how much more joy may it be in our hearts? I said, if we would actually live in view of eternity and not just about the things of today or tomorrow. And what Jesus is trying to teach them, listen, it's worth staying and following Christ, even if it's a hard saying. You say, Pastor, that's just, that's just hard living. It is. And see, sometimes, and I fully acknowledge this, some may say, Pastor, that's easy for you to get up and preach. 
Yeah, this is a saying among preachers. It's easy preaching. It's hard living. It's hard living. It's easy to give the message of Christ, but to live it out each and every day, that's where it came down to with this multitude of disciples that were there, that were following the Lord, and they came to a decision point in their life. Are we following Christ or are we going our own way? And verse 66 tells us from that day forward, many of them, the multitudes, went back and walked no more with him. And I want to close with this. Worth staying with it's hard when it's hard. You know why? And, and if you don't get anything else this morning, get this, that the word of God is the anchor of where our lives should be anchored to. The word of the Lord. You say, what do you mean? Look what he says here. When this multitude walked away, Jesus looked at these 12 in verse number 67, and he asked this question, will ye also go away? You say, oh, no. Now, here's what I appreciate about the apostle Peter. I've got a lot in common with him. He's the first one to always open his mouth. And most of the time, he's putting his foot in his mouth, and he has to pull it out, and he gets himself in trouble, takes one foot out to put the other one in. But I will say this, the first one to step up, and when Jesus asked the question, will you also go away, here's what he said. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? And look at this, thou hast the words of eternal life. Lord, your word is what we need. And I thought, how much of a blessing that is, listen, to understand there is no place else to go besides the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. Do you know why? Can I give you some insight? Do you know why the word of God is made such a big emphasis around Granite State Baptist Church? And I promise you this, every time we have service, the Bible be opened. It's not going to be some other book, and I'm not saying other books are wrong. I've got shelves full of them. I'm not saying other books that we're not gleaning from them, and we're not studying, and we're not digging in. But may I say this? That's where the hope is right there. That's what our anchor should be. You say, well, pastor, I just want to come and hear your opinion. I don't want you to come and hear my opinion. I don't. You say, why is that? Is that a good opinion? Hey, listen, I think my opinion's the best. The same way you think your opinion's the best. I think it's the number one opinion. Can I say this? My opinion's not to be the anchor of your soul. And Peter said, where else can we go? You know what's sad, and, and I'm not saying it's, it's around this area and this region, but I've had people across this nation that have said to me, do you understand we walk in church and they never even open up a Bible anymore? And I'm saying, that's sad. Because it's not my opinion. Listen, I'm not here to, to feed you manna like what God did for the nation of Israel. But they said, they ate of that, they died. But Peter said, where shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Listen, it is only Christ and his word. You say, pastor, it's hard living the life of a Christian. Yes, 
It may be, especially in this society. They may not want to hear it. They may not want to see it. But can I say it is worth staying with Christ and his word even in 2023. Commitment will be defined by our beliefs. Thou art the Christ is what he said in verse number 69. He said, thou hast the words of eternal life and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Commitment is defined. Listen, if we truly believe, and I believe here's what Peter's saying. Listen, we believe that you're the Christ, the son of the living God. So where else can we go? If we truly believe that, there's no place else to go. And I'm saying, Lord, we better stay with your book. We better stay believing. We better understand this is the truth. Listen, it's not based on feelings. It's not based on what can I get from Jesus. Hey, I've told, I've preached in, in more prisons and more jails than what most people here can imagine. But I've told them there's been some that have said, oh, they just got that jailhouse religion. You ever hear that term, jailhouse religion? There's some that have gotten that. But I said, listen, I told him, you give your life over to the Lord Jesus. It's not that he's coming by tomorrow and unlocking the door because you gave your life to him and you're able to walk out of the prison. I said, that's not it. You still have to live your life for the Lord exactly where you're at today. But it's worth staying when it's hard. There'll be some that over the years, and I'm, I'm not looking for it, I'm encouraging everybody to fall in line with the Word of God. You say, Pastor, what in the world's going on? I don't know. I, there, there's not a mass exodus going on. As far as I know, everybody's happy. But I was told this morning I'd be the last one to know if someone wasn't. But I said, I said, as far as I know, listen, we got a great church family, no issues, no discord, nothing that's going on amongst families. But everyone that's faithful to the Lord at some point will come to the decision point, am I following the Lord or am I going to go back and go my own way? We would say it nowadays, are you in or out? (laughs) And that's for the Lord. I'm not talking about the church. I'm talking about living for God. Are we going to follow the word of God because he has the words of eternal life or will we be like the multitude of disciples, many that turned away and from that day forward, Walk not with him. Are we in or are we out? Stay in when it gets hard. You say, Pastor, I don't like that message. It may be today. The decision point, are we following the Lord? We talk about it at salvation. Listen, you know we don't have a a watered-down salvation at Granite State Baptist Church. When you say, what do you mean watered-down? Listen, we still believe that according to the Bible, you need to believe that there's a sin problem. And someone who's not lost never been saved. We have to realize we're sinners, every one of us. But Jesus died for us and paid that penalty. Isn't that a blessing? Where I'm thankful Jesus paid a debt that I could not pay. And I'm thankful he's paid for my sin. And the Bible says that if I shall confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that God hath raised him from the dead, guess what? I can be saved. And I'm thankful for that. You say, Pastor, that's awfully hard. No, it really isn't. Now, listen, it cost Jesus everything. 
He's the one that lived on this earth. He's the one that died on that cross. He's the one that took all of my sin upon him and paid that price. That if I'd believe him, listen, it's not in my good works. It's not in me helping some little old ladies across the street. It's not in me trying to do as much good as I can. It's not that I was, I was dunked in a baptistry somewhere. It's what I believe about the Lord Jesus. Will he also go away? Peter said, to whom shall we go? And I've just determined in my life, I believe I'm just going to stay with Jesus. Well, there's people out there that don't like that. I think we'll just stay with Jesus. And Granite State Baptist Church, I believe we'll just stay with Jesus. I believe we will. We'll just stay with Jesus. He's got the words of eternal life. You want to know about eternal life? You go to what Jesus said. He has them. And I'll take his word for it because, after all, it's his heaven. And so if I'm going to try to get into your house, I'm going to ask you what's the best way to get in there. And if I'm going to the Lord's house, guess what? I'm going to ask him, Lord, how do I get into heaven? He sets the rules. And I thought, listen, it's worth staying with the Lord even when it's hard. You say living, living for Jesus, it's a, it's a tough life. Oh, but it's a rewarding life. It's a joyful life. I'm so thankful for all that the Lord's done for us. His blessings upon us are more than we can compare to anything else, more than we can list, more than anything. And so I want to I want to challenge you this morning. Make the decision for Christ. I'm going to stay with Christ. I'm going to live for him. I'm going to walk with him. Or you say I, I'd never say this publicly. Will you go back? and walk with Christ no more. I believe this world is ripe right now for a group of Christians who will just live for God and let the world see a difference. Let them see the love of Christ through us. Do you, do you understand? Now I'll let you in on something. I'm done preaching now. I'm just, I'm just talking. Do you understand that we can still stand for the truth of the Word of God and we can still do it with the love of Christ in our hearts. And that's missing today. We can st still do it with the grace of the Lord in our hearts and lives. And I'm asking the Lord to help us to do that. And we're going to stay with Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, I'm not sure that I'm, I'm saved. I'm not sure that I'm a child of God. Listen, that can be taken care of today in your heart between you and the Lord. It can. But it just may be that in your walk with the Lord that God's bringing each and every one of us to a decision point and saying, okay, are we turning back or are we staying with the Lord? There's no place else to go. I'm staying with Jesus.